Welcome to Orphanini. This is Saratova Best. We are speaking about motivation, or we're really following the Sikha about the three steps in motivation. As we said yesterday, Aleph Beis Gimel, a dream, and actually getting it down, done, maybe not with the dream so much, and then the third phase with the dream, and we're going to elaborate it. We're going to open it up, unpack it, as they say in the vernacular. We ended yesterday with the following question. An example, and then what is it, what is it really asking us? Here we have a situation in the Parsha. Maisha Rabbeinu receives the second Luchais. What are these Luchais? These Luchais are the tablets that contain the Ten Commandments, the Aserah Sedibras, which really essentially contain the entire Tyra. Imagine holding in your hand the entire Tyra. When you're holding these luchas, what is this Tyra? Not only Hashem's wisdom, it's Hashem's essence. It's your wisdom. It's your essence. It's the, it's the blueprint of creation. You name it. Put it all in the pot and cook it. That's what it is. And he's holding it in his hand. Now, this is not the first set because the first set of luchas were so heavenly that they could not stay in this world without something breaking. Either break the world, break the tire, which thing is going to break? But they're not going to fit together. You know how we said in other, in other lectures, the huge elephant that was a little baby from the little baby elephant that I bought at the pet shop and brought him home and he grew bigger and bigger and bigger and every day I give this baby elephant a bath, but at some point he's going to crack every plastic bathtub that I put him in because he's just way too big for this vessel. Right, so whoever has had baby elephants at home knows what it means. You can't put him in such a flimsy vessel. So the first luchas, you couldn't, they came down, but they couldn't stay for very long in a relatively flimsy vessel, a world that wasn't ready fully to accept, to receive that much spiritual life. Good, okay. We'll see in a second. What does it have to do with motivation? So we know what happened. The whole Seder, the Luchas had to be broken because we essentially messed up. And therefore, Maishar Benu said, we can break break the people, the receiver, don't shoot the messenger. Whom do you shoot? The messenger, the receiver, the medium, whom, what? The medium. You shoot that, God forbid. You break the Luchas. <laughs> right? We know. There's no marriage contract. Okay, and what happens at the end of all of this? The second luchos, we we now after having broken everything, we reconnect our connection with Hashem and with truth and with our vision. We're talking about motivation. In order to be motivated to do something, in order to get yourself off the couch and up, moving to do something. You need to be motivated in order to be, and that means for us, in order to do what's officially called Avaida, Tyranithus, you need to be motivated. Okay, what's the motivation? Where does it come from? It came from above at Mountain Tyra and just zapped us and we were happy when the revelation left. We were confused. We were, it, it didn't seem so clear. Have you ever been in that space 
in your life when you made a decision and it was com- coming from a place of real exciting motivation, you know, yeah, do this, connect to this, sign up for this, buy this. At, let's, let, let's step back for a second. I'm going to give you this example, which I've probably said before. A very special chassid in our community. He did have to go, unfortunately, to the hospital for corona before, I think, before Pesach. Thank God he survived. He healed, etc. He managed, he came home. But one of the pieces of the puzzle was that when he was feeling very not well and had difficulty at home breathing, his wife suddenly remembered that she had an oxygen monitor that detects the amount of oxygen saturation in a person's um, in a person's body, and she had one, and she she used it for it. He used it. She gave it and he used it, and they saw that his oxygen saturation was very low, which is why he called Hatzala. They called Hatzala. Why did she have such a thing? How many households have that kind of a thing? An oxygen monitor. I never heard of one. It's not part of the first aid kit. Why did she have it? Probably about five years before, it was on sale online. I guess it was online. And the way they marketed it and advertised it, it, they obviously made you feel like no normal home should be without this thing. <laughs> Every normal home that I know doesn't have this machine to measure your oxygen. But they obviously made it so compelling. The motivation to buy this machine, this 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 device, was so intense that she it was on sale. Let's say it was forty five dollars instead of normally eighty five dollars, and she bought it. And when he asked her later how she had this in her house, and he, she told her husband the story. Why did she buy it? Clearly, the marketing that was used was brilliant marketing to motivate, motivate a person to buy something that usually they don't need. That's that's called bad motivation. You know, it's it's, it's ugly motivation. You know, you it's called brainwashing. But in this case, Hashem had a motivation. Hashem motivated her to buy it against her better judgment because there would come a moment when she would need it. But the motivation, so imagine without following, she bought it because she was so excited. We have to have one. And probably it sat in the house for a number of years, and she probably, that was stage Aleph, the, the, the vision. Wow, yes, we must have one. And then it's sitting in the drawer or in the medicine cabinet or something for a few years, let's say. And she's in base phase, you know, the, the second stage. Now we have it in our house. And I really wasted money on it. And I feel foolish, and this is ridiculous, and I'm totally uninspired. What in the world was I thinking? What motivated me to buy this ridiculous little device? What was I thinking? That's the second phase. Now, since she couldn't return it anymore or however it was, it was too late to return it. But the second phase is it goes dark. In the third, first phase, when you're motivated from above, it's really exciting. Oh, my goodness, yes, we must. Oh, yes, I, uh, we have to. Every house has to have one. It's important for health. Stage two. 
what am I doing with this thing in my house? What was I thinking? Nobody ever uses this thing. That's the darker phase. That's stage two. We'll go a little bit later into stage three. Now imagine Mas and Tyra. Stage one, Hashem gives us the Tyra. Wow! It's everything. It's everything. It, 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 it fills all the pores. It fills all the, the gaps in our being. It, it, it speaks to our, our essence, our being, our soul. It's our very everything. Boom! For 2,448 years, we waited for this. This is it. We feel it with every fiber of our being. Then the revelation ends after Harsinai, after Matantaira. It recedes. Hashem becomes more invisible. And within 40 days, we're feeling like, what were we thinking? Huh? You know, all the motivation seems to be gone. You know, wait, we needed, you know, and we just, it became dark. We were now in the unsparkly phase. The sparkly phase is, not, is phase number one. The unsparkly phase is phase number two. So that was a really difficult time, right? That's what it means when you lose your motivation. Whatever motivated you to begin with from above it seems to have gone away and you're no longer motivated. So the question we were left with yesterday in the Sikha is, this third phase, we're no longer motivated, we did the sin of the golden calf, the Chet Ego, Meshur has to break the contract between us and Hashem, so he broke these tablets, these Luchos, and then after a whole summer of pleading and davening for us that Hashem should forgive us, etc., and us doing a whole soul searching, then on Yom Kippur, we were given the second Luchos. But a much lower level of Luchos, in a way. Not nearly as sparkly, as lofty, as as openly divine, none of that. It's more, you know, the first Luchos were written by Hashem with his own, so to speak, finger. The second Luchos were written by Meisherbein, much more, you know, you know, second second level, you know, a, a, after, you know, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know a young woman that, she used to say a joke. She said that her parents used to cry all the time, we want you to marry a doctor. We want you to marry a doctor. Why can't you marry a doctor? And she wasn't yet married. And then she got married, and unfortunately, it didn't work out so well, and then she got divorced. So she said... His parents used to cry to her all the time. We want so badly for you to marry a dentist. Then after, <laughs> after they said, now they consider her like Rahmanuslan. God forbid, it's not a judgment on on divorced people. Second second class. So they thought they gave us the dream about the doctor. Now she has to marry a dentist. <laughs> she used to make she used to make a joke about it. But now that for the luchos. We're down to stage two. Now, Maishra Bingo has to give us the Luchos. That's a much lower level, much less openly divine, much less sparkly. That's the moment, and there's where we left off yesterday. That's the moment where the glory of Hashem is shining from the face of Maishra Bingo. Why? And that's where, this is where it all comes together with motivation. Because we have to look at, in every sedra, in every parsha, we're up to now Gimel. Of, in every part of the 53 parshas in Tyra, 
there's something um, specific that is about that Parsha. You know, there's a, I don't want to say a theme, but there's a particular energy to that Parsha that's unique. And so, and how do we know? We read each Parsha one time during the year. Each one has its own piece of energy that is needed for the year. So when it comes to Kisisa, Kisisa is a separate Parsha. And it's a wondrous Parsha, but it has a Chiddush, something different. Uh, something different from all the other Parshas. That it includes in it all of Seder Hishtal Shalish. It includes all the pieces, the good, the bad, the ugly, the up, the down. It has everything in it. Not just one thing, everything in it. Beginning with, um, as it says in Tyra, um, the whole Tyra, in a sense, is, in, is included in this one sedra, in this one parsha. Because um, in every parsha you have hafakba, the hafakba, etc. But there's something unique in Parsha's Kisisa. The Chiddush is, it's openly a parsha that has all different kinds of energies in it. You know, like the, the Esrog, that we, you know, the Lulav and Esrog, the Esrog, it incorporates all the different kinds of energies in it. And another example, at the time of Purim, the year of the Gezeir of Purim, we went through an entire year facing this test so that we went through every kind of opportunity in that year. So, what is it in Parshat Kisisa that gives us a view into motivation? Because remember, we said, when the delicious, sparkly reason for being motivated goes away, you're left with nothing. What do you do then? So the fact is that Hashem created everything in three. Head, body, foot. Or head, middle, and end. Beginning, middle, and end. First you have the beginning of something. We said, it, it, the whole thing is in the beginning. You know, in Rosh Hashanah, the whole year is inside of Rosh Hashanah. In a seed, in an apple seed, there's the whole apple seed. There's the whole apple tree. In fact, there's the whole apple orchard in one little seed. It's all contained in this one little thing. Your future is all contained in that moment when you're born. It's all the head of it. Everything is all packed in. The whole thing is packed in, and all you have is kind of a dream and a vision. But then we come to the real thing, the middle of it. When you actually do the thing, in terms of the seed, the tree starts growing out of the seed, and now you're actually having a real tree. Oh, no. This tree is growing over the fence, and now my neighbor is complaining that the tree is, you know, giving too much shade, and my neighbor wanted to have full sunshine, and my tree is growing over the fence, and all that other stuff. Now you have problems. You're in the middle of the thing. Now you have problems. When you had a little apple seed, trust me, nobody's neighbor complains about one apple seed that's so small they don't even see. I heard you have an apple seed. I'm not happy. Who does that? You know, unless you have an interesting neighbor. How's the apple seed? Everything's in potential, quiet. I mean, but it's, it's, you can dream about the incredible apple orchard that will come out of this seed that is a dream. But when you start, but when you now, now finally have the apple orchard, 
and your neighbors is extremely not happy, plus, plus, then you're in the middle of the thing. That is sort of a darker phase. So what would be the third phase? The third phase is when you have both together. You have the dream permeated into the real thing. While you're in it, while you're actually living it, you're feeling the dream. We are used to, in life, you either have a dream and then you shut that one off. You just, you walk away from that. Now you go and do stuff. Okay, I, I see it all the time. How many times, let's say, I have invited people to join me in, let's say, watching a certain webinar that will help them and myself move ahead in certain things. And it's, 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 a, it's, I think they're really good webinars. And let's say, and people will come and they'll sit with me for about 20, 25 minutes and then start to get really nervous and say, you know, I don't have time to sit here. I have to get stuff done. Which means too much, too much inspiration. I have to move out of office. I don't want to be inspired. Like, I, I, that's it. And it's about, we have to learn what to do. It's enough. I should be doing stuff. Right? So that's a number two personality. Like, let's stop talking about all this kish cushion and let's just get stuff done. That's a number two personality. A number one personality is saying, if I, if I, if I don't have the inspiration, I really don't want to do it. That's a number one personality. A number three personality integrates both. Haven't met, I mean, I've met one that is able to do that. I haven't met anybody else. And the one that I met is a little Baba Chirabba <laughs> that is, is able to, it integrates one and two. Other than that, never seen anybody. But we're getting there. But we're getting there. That's what we're here for. And that's why the Rebbe is taking us on this journal, a journal, journey. So let's just look at it in a different language. Because here it's in the Sikha, the Sikha is saying the following. We're talking about in Tyra, this one, two, three, Aleph, Base, Gimel. What does it look like in Tyra? It comes in three stages. We're also later going to see how it is in Kabbalah and Sakira and all of this. But here, how is it in Tyra? Number one, the first stage is, remember for us it was the dream, the vision. Number one is Tyra. It's the aside in the beginning of everything. Tyra Nikris Reishis Darcha. Tyra is called the beginning, the first fruits. Tyra is the seed. It's the blueprint, the blueprint of creation. It comes before the world. Tyra is, it's the blueprint. There's no world, there's just a blueprint. That is Tyra. Your first stage is Tyra. And that's, and the whole world is only here to fulfill, to put into practice the, the vision, the blueprint of Tyra. So by the way, so if we're fo- focusing on stage one, that's the motivating stage. So why are Jews, com- com- I don't want to use the word commanded, um, enjoined to, uh, encouraged to learn Tyra as much as possible? It provides us with the motivation and the vision that fuels our action. Without the, without learning Tyra, we're, 
we may have a motivation to do something, but the motivation is not going to be coming from the cleanest, purest place. So our action is going to be different. Right? You see it in the world today all the time. I mean, an example that I've been giving is who in the New Age world, when recently the past, you know, let's say the past 10 years, they seemed really on target with sikhas and taira and everything, think good but, and do and be, you know, think good and be good and all that other stuff. They were really, you know, the non-Jewish healing, self-healing, uh, New Age world. They were doing very well. People felt like, why do I have to learn taira? I can listen to them. All of a sudden, I guess it started in 2016, when we had an election. What a split. What a split. Just yesterday, I went on a call where somebody was going to speak about a certain thing, a big healer person, teach some kind of healing thing. And all he spoke about the whole time was how he's so happy that he took the vaccine, the corona vaccine, and he and his wife, and everybody has to take it, and everybody else is a conspiracy theorist. I was shocked. Because they say, hey, you want to take the vaccine? Take the vaccine. But I felt like a, it's a redneck. Like, so wait, is this a big healer, a big meditator teaching meditation all over the world? Or is this somebody from Kentucky, some redneck from Kentucky? Even like everybody else is a conspiracy theorist. I was really shocked. Plus, plus, plus of the whole political situation. It's just like, wow, what happened? So I started to understand that there's only only if you're coming from Tyra can you have any chance of being connected to real truth. You can go along. If you're not coming from Tyra, you can go along and it can look very similar. And there will come a moment where you'll split in two opposite directions. Because the question is, what is your motivation? You have to go buy a car. What is your motivation for buying a car? What is your motivation for buying flowers? What is your motivation for... You know, buying zucchini from the store. What's our motivation? Building the third base of English. Any other motivation will take us on a different journey. And today it's either, it's, 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 you know, let to use colors, so it's either dark or light. See, the cancel culture. Cancel culture is not coming from, from Tyra. Tyra is highly opinionated. Tyra is very exact. This is okay. This is, this is good. This is bad. The cancel culture says there's no such thing as good or bad. Right? So you have two people, the, the healers, the new agers, and they seem so spiritual. But when you come down to it, if you're following Tyra, there's good and there's bad. There's, there's, there's holy and there's not holy. And within the counterculture, counter it created a cancel culture where it's, there's no good or bad. It's whatever, whatever I don't like that you say, that's bad. So stage one is in motivation. Tyra, stage one, motivation. Why are you doing anything? Because Tyra says, because we're here to build base of English. Let's go to stage two. Stage two is the creation of the world. And the Avaita in creating the world. Why do we need a world? Why do we need stage two? Because if you don't have stage two, then stage one becomes just theory. We have motivation. You know, do you ever meet somebody who's highly motivated? But 
highly motiv- motivated to do what? They never do anything. They're just motivated. Then they burn out, God forbid, because the motivation has to be directed to an activity. Can't just, I'm, I'm a very motivated person. Okay, what are you doing with your motivation? Nothing. I, I, I notice that I have to sleep all day. It's too much, right? We want to direct. The Rebbe says you go to you go to a forbring and you take on a chlata and you do and you, you take on a chlata here and now and you do one thing right now, put it into action right now. Otherwise, it will fly all over the place and create havoc. God forbid. Take your motivation, your phase one, and put it into an action. That's phase two. But we said the problem is that then you can have uninspired action or under undirected motivation. So then we have stage three, Gimel. Gimel is the Gemar and Shlemus. It's Gimel stands for Geula. Gimel is a world where you have Geula, where somehow you are living in inspired action every single second. Full action and full inspiration weave together perfectly. What does that feel like? I don't know. Don't ask me. But it sounds amazing. And we could say, well, if we can't do it, what's the point of it? See, when we say, well, if you can't do it, then why are you, why are you teaching it? Because by learning it, we're opening up the number one phase, the Tyra phase, and it will bring us. Hashem will then, if our mind is filled with this and we're whitewashing our brain with this, with truth, with a, with a, we're motivating ourselves from a place of real truth, Hashem will then set up our life minute by minute to send, put us in circumstances in which we can start to discover how to live this truth and, and step into this truth. And then one other, um, one other piece about Aleph Beis Gimel, which is um, these, these, these three steps of Aleph Beis Gimel, the, the whole Tyra is included in the Yasserah Sedibras, in the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> and the whole, the whole Tyra is in the Yasserah Sedibras. And the, in the Ten Commandments. And the whole Yasserah Sedibras Ten Commandments is included in the first word. What is the first word? The whole Tyra is included in the first word of the Yasserah Sedibras. What's the word? The word is Anaychi. That's the first word, and mind you, it's an Egyptian word. That's the first word that includes all of the Aserah all of the Ten Commandments, which includes the whole Tyre, all of Tyre in one word, Anaychi. What letter does Anaychi with, start with? Aleph. So when we're looking at Aleph based Gimel, we have Anaychi, the Aleph, the whole Tyre, Aleph, Anaychi. Now, so Anaychi, the Aserah starts with Aleph, Anaychi. What starts with base? Base is, Bresh is Baralekim Esa Shemayim Vesar. Creation of the world. That starts with base. Right? Because Anaychi is Hashem. He's saying, me, my essence, my very beinghood, the essence of truth. The plan, the motivation. Base is, Bresh is Baralekim Esa Shemayim Vesar. So now he creates the world. He, he does it. Does stuff. That's the base. The world, the world is created with space. And then, 
What's Gimel? Geula. Geula, the merging of the two. And now we're just going to look at these three. So, again, we're saying Aleph, base Gimel, motivation, you know, the inspiration, one, Aleph, base, the actual doing, and Gimel, merging of the two. And we just explained a lot why, why you can't have one without the other. It's not enough to have just the motivation. Nothing gets done. It's not enough to just do the stuff because it's totally uninspired. And, and 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 it doesn't work anymore. We see in this generation, even though in other generations, we lived with, we were perfectly capable of living with uninspired action. That's the base phase. It can be. Uh, the base phase doesn't have to be uninspired, but it can be uninspired. It's just, you do what you have to do. You don't have to feel a certain way. Base means just get it done. Let, let, let's just say it like this. When you're in Aleph, imagine, you know, there's a, a special, you're, you're, you know, you're in a lab and you're being paid $500 for them to test your thoughts with certain machines, you know, and you're there for the whole afternoon. Good. You walk out with $1,500. Great. So there, here's the experiment. They're going to give you, um, they're going to talk to you about a certain thing and, and, they're trying to inspire you. So they'll show you different videos to inspire you. Right? And then you're hooked up to a machine, and they see whose brain goes into whatever it is, uh, maybe alpha wave or something like that. You know, like, wow, whoa. You know how you get on your WhatsApp these, these videos, and people are like, oh, my goodness, wow, incredible. You know, some little kids singing We Want Mashiach Now or something like that or, or you know, or whatever it is or, uh, uh, you know, the, somebody sent around Lahabdil, the cat that was, you know, jumped up and kissed the mezuzah and went down. And everybody's like, oh, it's so inspiring, right? That's the Allah face. You know, you're just, wow. You, 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 you have that shot of motivation to, you know, do more mitzvahs. It's like, wow, it gives you a shot in the arm, that, that dream, that vision. So imagine you're in that laboratory in, in, uh, setting. And they want to see how inspired you can get. And they kind of mark, you know, they mark you. So they show everybody a picture of this cat jumping up and kissing the mezuzah. And they will measure how inspired each person got. The job there is you get a high mark if you are very inspired. You're not expected to do anything in this exercise. Now, then there's another exercise where the thing is to do stuff, to do stuff. So then they show you a certain video, and what they're hoping is that you're just going to jump out of your seat and do something. Maybe they'll show you um, a video of somebody intensely needing help, and then all of a sudden, right there in the classroom with you, is somebody having that exact situation. There you're going to be marked on. Did you jump out of your seat and actually go and help them and do it? That's the second phase. Did you do it? You have to be inspired to do it. No, just do it. Just do it. Just 
just get it done. That's the base phase. So, again, what we're just saying is Aleph is be inspired, the inspiration. Base is get it done. You don't have to be inspired. Just get it done. But having the two phases separate doesn't work anymore in our generation. It used to. You had people going through a whole lifestyle, just doing what they have to do, no inspiration. Doesn't work in this generation. Okay. Now, let's look at two other ways of looking at Aleph Beis Gimel. So, in Kabbalah Lashon, these three, Aleph Beis Gimel, in Seder Hishtalashon, in the, in creation, okay, one, Aleph, Kaidim Kol Aleph Bertani Yisrech Tubashaf and Aleph, Hashem had a desire to create the world. Hashem had a motivation, an inspiration. Aleph, base. The world was actually created. Gimel, the completion of the creation, which is a world of Geula. Okay. In Kabbalah and Hasidus, let's see how it's expressed in Kabbalah and Hasidus. In Hemshech Tafre Samachvav, <laughs> we're not going to be learning that yet, but in Kabbalah, at this point in Kabbalah and Hasidus, it says, what is Aleph based Gimel? L'chol harash is ar ein saif mamalek kol metzias. Ar ein saif lifnei Simpson. Just, let's just stop for, you see? Now, by the way, right there, I might have ruined everybody's motivation to continue listening. This is the moment at which everybody, when I just said those words, this is the moment at which everybody either starts to look at their phone to see if they got any messages, or they start to eat cookies, or they they spaced out because they lost their motivation to listen because it's too high, right? Check yourself. I'm going to read it again and check yourself and ask yourself, am I feeling, oh, wow, what is that? I really want to know. Or did you suddenly face out and, and you say, well, maybe she can repeat it. I'm going to repeat it and watch yourself again. How high your motivation is to listen to these words. Do they make you feel, let's say, inadequate? Like, oh, this must be for very intelligent people who know Kabbalah. Right? So, so I'm saying, right, watch this. L'chol arash ar ein saif mamale kolamitziyat ar ein saif lifneatimsum. See that? Now, there are a few Kabbalists who will find that very exciting. But this, right? So why are we not motivated? to listen, to figure out what it is. I mean, I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I'm no big Kabbalist. wasn't exciting enough. wasn't motivating. The words were, they shut me down. It's an unbelievable concept. But I wasn't motivated enough to do it. You see how in this generation, if we're not motivated, we're not going to listen. We're just not going to listen. And I might Listen to the replay a hundred times, and I'll still space out every time it gets to the sentence. Okay, so let me try to motivate you by trying to explain in my simplistic way what I think it means. Imagine stage one. Remember the motivation stage? Or insight. Imagine that Hashem fills everything. Imagine such a reality. You don't see a world. You don't see anything. All there is is Hashem, whatever that would feel like. You know what it's called? When Hashem fills everything, it's only Hashem, 
and you don't see you don't see a world. There are no cars and buses and trains. There's nothing. There what there isn't a world yet. Imagine a reality where there's no world yet, but Hashem fills everything. It's it's Hashem fills everything. Now that reality has a name. It's called Ar Ein Seif, Lisnei Simtum. It's called Ar Ein Seif. That's it. Infinite light. Okay. Good. That's the first phase. Now, Hashem says, nobody gonna really be, appreciate me if it's just me. You ever been in those situations where, um, you know, you're doing a project or you're involved with a project and one person says, well, it's gotta be my way and they're like, you know what? Why don't you just do it yourself? Call me when it's over. If it's all about you, what? We all know that. So Hashem said, I'm filling the whole reality. But it's just me. Not that much fun. So I don't know that Hashem not that said, but not that much fun. Not that inspiring, not that motivating. So it's me. Where do you go from here? Hashem said, I would like a world. But I better move myself out. If I don't move myself out of the way, there won't be a world. Because I fill everything. So whenever, if you look around, all you'll see is me. So I need to move out of the way. Step back. You know, like if you're helping a little child ride a bicycle, you know, you have to, you know, you have to stand behind them and just, and, and coach them along and hold a little bit. Actually never helped a little child ride a bicycle, but my father helped me ride a bicycle. So, when you're coaching somebody, you have to kind of pull back and let them feel independent. Hashem said, I want a world. I have to pull back. You know what his pulling back means? It's called it's called symptom. He contracts himself. He makes himself so small, you don't see him. It's called symptom or When he contracts himself and you don't see him anymore, you just have this empty space. You no longer see Hashem. And now that there's this empty space, great. It's not, it doesn't feel very good on the one hand, but on the other hand, Hashem makes an empty space so he can put a world there. And that's amazing. He has a purpose. He's contracting himself. Don't worry, in a second I'll pull it all together. He's contracting himself so that there can be a world and then he can enter in, interact with the world. Now, phase one. Okay, let's do uh, phase one. We said Hashem fills everything. What do you think that feels like? Wow, amazing man! Hashem is so heavy. Wow, Hashem is so heavy, man. Wow, heavy, right? <laughs> Somebody at diaspora yeshiva forty years ago. When I went there to visit, and I said, oh, man, Hashem is so heavy. I have to leave. And I thought, well, if Hashem is so heavy, why do you have to leave? <laughs> they told me, Hashem is so heavy. When Hashem fills the whole reality, that's really very luminous. That's stage one. You know, like when you feel when you're inspired and you're motivated? Stage two, Hashem contracts himself and you don't see him. You know what that feels like? Very dark. That's like when you're doing stuff and you're unmotivated, very dark. Which one is better? Neither. 
neither. We older people make peace with the darkness. Younger people do not make peace with the darkness. There's a reason. Because they were created to say, we want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we don't want to wait. Because the Gimel phase is full revelation that in that empty space, you pull in the original, delicious, incredible, inspiring energy called Aryan Scythe. And Aryan Scythe that's unlimited. The kind of Aryan Scythe that never was ever contracted that never moved out of the way. The real, delicious, real deal are in sight in all its luminosity. You pull it into an empty space. Imagine that. Right? Imagine you're somewhere where it's just like awful. Just awful. Right? Who said yesterday they went to a third place, oh, they went to Russia and they said, oh my goodness, communist, when it was communist Russia or something, it's just so great. Get me out of here. Imagine it. And then you know what happens? This Chabad house comes to that place and it's just like, Bing! It just sparkles light in this dark, empty place. You ever been, you know, just like you got, you went on the wrong subway and you went on the wrong train and you got off in a place that you, you think, just get me out of here. That is dark. It's scary. It's ugly. It's, it's full of criminals and you're the only one and they're male and you're female and all that other stuff. And you're like, help. And it's really dark, very spiritually, emotionally, physically, everything dark in this deep, dark subway station, you alone and all this. And all of a sudden, this tall, big, strong bacher handing out, like with his fillin' and handing out brochures, appears out of nowhere like an angel fell from heaven. Right? It's like, bing! The light just started to shine in this dark, dark, dark place. You're safe. Oh, my goodness, I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. He's going to save me. Not only that, the sense of spiritual illumination that he just popped into that dark place is, wow, that's a gimel. That's a gimel. You have the aleph of the sparkly divine energy and the base of the deep, dark space, and the two of them come together at the same time. That's one of the reasons that the Rebbe established Chabad houses all over the world. That is the Gimel. They are Gimel places. In dark places like Calcutta, the black pit of Calcutta, Mumbai. Mumbai is really Bombay. Bombay is a bad place. And we know how bad it, it is, don't we? Chabad house in this place, you know, pick the grungiest places. Chabad house there and it's just sparkles of divine light. Tyra Center in this creepy, ugly, dark place. That's the gimbal, the, the merging of the two. So that's why in Kabbalah Lashon, the Aleph base gimbal is Arain Saif, before it contracts, that's Aleph, base, contraction of Hashem's presence, and, the, and that's base, and gimbal is when the two of them come together. So we're going to so we're we're going to sum this all up, um, and tomorrow we'll do another recording. And let's say what we've learned today is in the plan in understanding motivation. We have to understand there was an old way of motivating, and a newer way of motivating. We are no longer in a generation in which we can just be in phase two, phase based, just 
do it because you have to do it. That was our grandparents, our great-grandparents, they did it. Whatever you had to do, they just did it. And they could do it literally minus any motivation, minus any inspiration. And, and, and Hashem creates the world, in a sense, on purpose, that it can be a place where it can be totally devoid of any inspiration. And the proof is, if you go to Walmart and you buy a pack of pencils, and you, and of course, we, remember, we as Jews, why do we do anything? Why do you buy a pack of pencils? What do you mean to build the third base of English? Which we'll go into in the next couple of lessons. But if you go and you pay for that pack of pencils at Walmart and you ask, you know, pretty, you know, simple Midwest American um, cashier, you ask her, ma'am, or maybe she's a 17-year-old girl, do you feel, you know, that you have a divine inspiration? You know, do you feel... You know, you, you feel like you experienced God in by looking at this pack of pencils. Well, these days, you know, um, the police might be called because <laughs> these, these, right? But she basically she's telling you, I do not by looking at this pack of pencils, which are, and the pack of pencils are a piece of this world, you know, at least the world in which Hashem removed Himself so He could create a world. She said. Madam, she's looking at you as if to say, Madam, this is not the world. This this is a world. That's phase two. Don't expect me to feel inspired by a pack of pencils. A pack of pencils is created to make me feel nothing other than what's the price? Is there tax? Yes. Thank you. Nothing. This world is not going to inspire me to feel God. She'll look at you like you really need to get out of the sun. Why are you asking me if I feel God by looking at a pack of pencils? I'm in phase two. This is the world. It's it's supposed to be a dark place. You know, if you want to, if you want to feel God, go to your religious institution. Don't come to Walmart and talk to me while I'm charging you for the pack of pencils. So this is the world we're living in. And yet, and we'll end off with this, we are now being empowered to bring the inspiration that you feel when you are in your religious Kabbalistic studies to feel that when you are buying a pack of pencils and to be able to actually see that these this pack of pencils is highly luminous. We're now, each and every one of us, being in, being empowered to be able to merge the two, to see the plan, the master plan that God has in creating the world while we're in the world, to see the light while we're in the darkness. We are actually being empowered to do it. Sadiqim always could. Regular people couldn't. We are now being lifted up to the level where we can. And every time we do it one little bit more, it opens up the possibility for more and more and more people to do it so that it becomes basic. It will become in Geula, please soon, right away, a world where every stone will will speak out to us and everyone will experience Hashem in every every potato chip. Everyone will experience it. And it will fill them with joy. And since we're still in the month of other,
by singing and dancing that helps the process happen faster. So we ask Hashem, please give us that merging of the two, the motivation while in the while in the doing, and we should find ourselves in that phase of the Gulamis, especially in that immediately now. And even though we concluded, I want to bring in one last thought that when we are working with others, from what we've learned today, when we are approaching others, we have to realize that in this generation, you can't just do stuff without being highly motivated. It's, it's, it's a more geuladic generation. And so we want to be sensitive to others. And when we impose that idea of, you know, I just did things because I had to, why can't you? It does not work in this generation, and we need to be sensitive to people and realize they need the inspiration, they need the motivation, and if we are sensitive to that and we work with that principle, please God, we will see that those that we think are the most resistant will be the greatest assistants, the greatest um, advocates of, of ushering in the Gula Mita and it should be immediately now.